Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Investing Experts Podcast. My name is James Ford and I'm joined today by Zach and Garrett from Stockwaves. Thanks for coming guys. Thank you. All right, so let's start off by giving everyone a little quick overview of what you guys do. Obviously, you guys are Stockwave, referring to your preferred methodology, which is the Elliott Wave. Kind of just give everyone listening a quick overview of, of what that is. Garrett, you want to jump in? Sure. So yeah, we, we approach our analysis using Elliott Wave theory, not really going to get into the specifics of Elliott Wave if you're not familiar with it, but basically looking at the charts based on their specific patterns using Elliott Wave theory to forecast uh, what we expect to happen moving forward on those uh, on those charts. So we cover a lot of different individual US stocks. Usually the the service focuses on basically looking at uh, those individual stocks on a daily basis. And every day we do a recording uh, where we highlight specific setups that we think are more immediately actionable um, for our members. And on Thursdays, we also do a live webinar with our members where we take a look at a specific sector and take a look at the holdings of that sector ETF and uh, determine you know which of those individual holdings seem to look best within that sector. And uh, also occasionally do a sector review where we take a look at all the different sector ETFs and kind of get a bigger picture of uh, where the market is currently. I just wanted to add that the methodology that we use as far as Elliott Wave is uh, based on investor sentiment and looking mm -hmm. for repeating patterns of extremes in investor sentiment. And so sometimes it, it might put us, um, because we're looking for those points where things are are potentially going to shift at a maybe different degree magnitude than the current trend. So sometimes it makes us a little bit contrarian uh, compared mm -hmm. to a lot of other momentum analysts or, or fundamental analysts. Right. Well, you know, being contrarian oftentimes uh, pays off. Um, to that extent, Elliott Wave, obviously a form of technical analysis. Do you guys ever incorporate any other technical analysis? If so, why? Why not? And kind of maybe what do you think Elliott Wave has maybe over other forms of technical analysis that makes you make you say, okay, this is this is my preferred method? I think we, we absolutely use other technical analysis tools in conjunction. I think the way I view Elliott Wave, and I think Garrett probably agrees here, is that we see it as, as kind of a, a unified field theory, a, a way to put all of those other tools into a a bigger context. So, you know, you're because you're looking at at repeating patterns at different cycles and, and magnitudes and degrees that replay over and over again, you know, it gives you a way of viewing the whole thing and seeing where some of those other technical analysis patterns show up, you know, from whether it's a, a four or five or whether it's an A B that makes an inverse head and shoulders or an actual head and shoulders or things like that. So, you know, Garrett can probably speak to more of the, the other traditional technical analysis tools that we use, but looking for things like moving average uh, MACD divergence and, and things like that. Yeah, I was going to say the same. I mean, there's a lot of overlap uh, between traditional technical analysis patterns and Elliott Wave patterns. So as Zach said, it, it, what Elliott Wave theory does is it kind of puts those patterns in context uh, with that larger picture Elliott wave pattern and count. So usually when you when you see a bullish setup based on Elliott wave analysis, um, very often there will be 
an accompanying traditional technical analysis pattern to also support um, you know the similar expectation. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Now, my next question is relating to how you guys feel about uh, fundamentals. So obviously, technical analysis is what drives most of your work. Do you ever think about fundamentals and try to fit it in somehow? Because I, I've noticed, for example, that you do work uh, to an extent with Lynn Alden. I've seen her put some articles out where she might use some some Elliott Wave charts. So is that something that you guys incorporate at all? Yeah. So Lynn's contribution to the service is uh, on top of her deep dive articles where she takes a look at specific companies or the the broader economy as a whole is she will take some of our individual charts uh, that she has done some fundamental analysis on these companies and does something what is called uh, where fundamentals meet technical analysis. Mm-hmm. And uh, she you know, overlaps her t- uh, fundamental analysis with our charts to um, you know, support the same thesis that we have based on that technical analysis. And a lot of the time when we're scanning for, for stocks um, as far as offering setups to our members, I do personally use a lot of uh, fundamental scans to kind of you know, weed out would otherwise be a company that's not very fundamentally sound to then focus on those specific charts of you know pretty decent fundamentals to begin with and then take a look at the technical analysis on those individual charts. And I think things that are smaller biotech companies that that may only have one drug in a trial, you know there there are certainly things that can affect fundamental things that can affect um, a price pattern and and change things drastically because that that has basically an exogenous effect. Um, but as Avi's talked about in some of his his talks that he's given in articles, the, a lot of times the 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 view of sentiment that we get from the chart patterns is often a leading indicator for undercurrents that are going to change the fundamentals. And so usually as as things, you know, if we're projecting something that might turn down, then you know several months later then news starts to come out or bad earnings reports or other things that kind of mold um from what was being seen you know months ago when everybody was bullish to to start to fit the same narrative that that you know and explain why the the price has gone down or something Mm -hmm. all right well thanks for clearing that up guys now what I wanted to know as well is, I think you've already covered this a little bit, uh, Garrett. Um, how exactly would you go about then finding good opportunities in your service? Do you have a particular list of stocks you look at? How do you think about maybe looking at certain sectors? How exactly do you go about that? Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, uh, every Thursday we do a sector review, um, and that's either looking again at all the individual sector ETFs to kind of get a broader view of the the overall market as well as taking a look at a specific sector, usually one that we see bullish potential or bearish potential based based on the individual chart, and then drill down on the individual holdings to see which um, charts either match that expectation or look slightly different than the sector ETF itself. So during those those sessions, you know, we obviously will, while looking through those individual charts, come across some that look pretty decent for a trade setup. But on top of that, yeah, as I mentioned, I also do um, individual scans, you know, periodically to to look for charts that that look interesting. We also get some requests from our members to take a look at things, and sometimes have found some very interesting charts from that. Um, and then we we make an effort to look at all of the the stocks that are reporting 
um, either later that day after market closes or before market opens the next day. We started looking at that years ago because we had a lot of portfolio managers who were members that you know found earnings season as being very treacherous. So we were looking for possible mm-hmm. pitfalls to warn them of. And we started to uncover some good opportunities. And then just looking through all of those charts, you know, it, sometimes it gets kind of tedious in when the days when you have a couple hundred <laughs> stocks reporting um, between the two. Um, but uh, it gives us a, a really good pulse on, on a lot of stuff that we don't kind of see every day. And nice to pull up those charts that you haven't looked at for three or four months and see that it's it's moving along in the same wave pattern that you were projecting. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, especially when, you, when you're talking about companies that are just reporting earnings. And we obviously usually see a lot of uh, volatility around those, those announcements. So it's definitely a, a good time to watch those stocks. Now, I know we're getting into the weeds a little bit here, but and feel free to you know, talk about this as much as you like or as little. Um, what would you say constitutes a good setup? Uh, the, the ideal setup, if you are familiar with Elliott Wave uh, theory at all, um, is, is the one, two star to an impulse. And actually, at this stage of the market, there's few and far between, um, at least on higher degrees, uh, one, two setups out there because we're kind of in the late stage of the economic cycle right now. Mm-hmm. That would be kind of the the holy grail setup if, if you can catch um, what is the strongest portion of a trend, which is the the third wave of an impulse uh, within Elliott Wave Theory. But you know, obviously, again, you can't always find those specific setups, so we're we're often trading within other other patterns as well. But you know, anything that that has been has an established trend has been moving nicely uh, for a period of time. You know, has, has pulled back into support and and looks ready to to continue within that larger trend again. I think, as Garrett was saying, also, you know, we're we're pretty. We feel like we're pretty late stages of a longer bull market, or maybe that might have even ended, and and we're in the, mm-hmm. bit of the first corrective bounce. So we're we're much more selective and careful with with the things that we're looking at, at least certainly for the long side. But anything that's that's made a move has come into support at at one degree, and then made a move in the next direction off of that support, and then is holding a retrace. You know, and, and that mm-hmm. works for any direction of the market, whether it's a retrace to a lower high or a retrace back, forming a higher low. And we're going to look in at the different degrees and make sure that that all of the equations balance as far as all of our Elliott wave subwaves. But in the most general terms, it's it's that you know move off of support and and a, and a retrace that gives us a setup gives you some very very clear parameters in terms of support levels and invalidation levels and in a target. Then mm-hmm. since you're putting all of that into context, where you know you can you can use that to define some very clear risk reward parameters. That's that's one of the advantages of Elliott wave theory compared to uh, you know say fundamental analysis. You can certainly have a, a bullish or bearish view on a company based on the fundamentals, but that doesn't really provide you with the parameters for a trade setup necessarily. Uh, you know, What's a good entry point? What's a good exit point? Where should I stop out if I'm wrong? These sort of things that are provided by by LA Wave Theory because we have specific targets you know, based on mm-hmm. those patterns and invalidation levels where we know that we're wrong and we should we should get out of the trade. Right, that that makes sort of sense, and you know, Elliott Wave is actually something that I've been uh, incorporating into my analysis as well, and that's definitely one of the uh, the strong points. Is like you say that that very clear kind of you know invalidation point, or very very clear setup. Now, you guys have talked a little bit about the idea that we're in the uh, late stages of the economic cycle. I'd love to know what your guys' outlook is 
for the next three six months. Obviously, there's been a lot of uh, you know, a lot of uh, movement lately with all those uh, regional banks. Now we have, of course, the uh, the debt ceiling talks. I'd just love to know how you feel about the next three to six months. Maybe key levels that you're looking for in the in certain indexes, maybe like the S and P or the Nasdaq. It's interesting that you mentioned three to six months as the time frame because you know the way that the degree that that I think Garrett and I are viewing the market in terms of of the potential top that's forming now mm-hmm. that could be over the next few weeks that we actually form what what people would call the orthodox top. But over the next three to six months, we could have a move down to the thirty eight hundred region on the S and P. And then have a corrective bounce that basically puts us right back in this, you know, 4,000 to 4,100 region. And so maybe that's forming the rounded top that really then starts to drop more precipitously from there. But, you know, when you look at it, when you zoom out on a chart, we might look like we really haven't gone anywhere over the next three months or so. Yeah. And just to add to that, again, not getting too deep into the specifics of Elliott Wave Theory, but the... Current expectation is that from the beginning of this bull market back in 2009, uh, that we have completed a full five-wave impulsive structure off of that 2009 low into the January high that was made last year. So that initial pullback that we got off of the January high last year into the October low um, last year and then the bounce since has the potential to be just the start of a large degree correction. Uh, so mm-hmm. the potential for this to be a bear market rally off of that October low and um, ultimately turning back down to head below that low. Yeah, that's definitely, like you say, three to six months. I think it'll be it'll be an interesting, interesting time. So if I'm understanding you guys correctly, you do kind of see a, a big, a big um, well, kind of long term top being in for the time being. Would that be correct? Yeah, I think so. And I think the the yep. risk skew is certainly to the downside. And so while you can't predict, you know, the quote unquote black swan events, you know, I think that there is certainly risk there that that something unexpected can surprise the market and 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 accelerate and act as a catalyst for you know that potential bearish move. Mm-hmm. Right. And and despite that expectation or opinion, um, we're not just blindly you know, shorting stocks. In fact, you know, we, a lot of our recent wave setups have actually been on the long side, and it is the the side of the market that I actually prefer trading most of the time uh, over shorts. It's usually just a more forgiving trade because uh, the markets trend higher over time. But we are looking for specific opportunities to to short individual stocks as well as uh, some of those sector ETFs when the opportunity presents itself. Now, in terms of actually executing um, some of these trades, uh, what is your preferred method? Do you guys like to use options? Do you just buy and sell? How do you guys go about that? Uh, Personally, I I use both options and uh, just individual shares of that stock. But as far as how we present those wave setups to our membership, we provide those specific trade parameters saying, you know, this is support, this is, uh, you know, a good entry point, this is where you should set a stop as far as invalidation, and this is our target, as well as some initial resistance that price should clear in order to, you know, provide some confirmation that that trade setup is following through. So we don't, we don't necessarily say, hey, this is uh, an option strike and an expiration that you should be buying, they can make that decision as far as how they want to trade it personally but we provide the the parameters for that setup so they can make that decision. And I think the bottom of all of our charts certainly does have a, a, a time axis, but uh, the right side 
of the chart that has the price access is what, uh, you know, as you know, James, Elliott Wave is far more accurate at predicting specific price levels. And we have a general idea of the shape of the subwave patterns that, that the bigger move that we're projecting should take. And we can use some other tools in terms of Fibonacci fans and, and other kind of timing methods to get an approximate idea of timing. But, you know, it, it can be one of the most frustrating things in the world to get the exact move correct, but to have been a little bit off on your options timing and, and have that mm -hmm. not trade play out as, as successfully. So, you know, I think options add a, a whole nother degree of complexity that people really need to understand separate from, from just what the, the stock should be doing the under, or whatever underlying instrument that it is. So, and we try and we also, you know, because we have such a diverse population of, of members that we're presenting our analysis to, we try and structure it in a way that it can, that many people can apply it to their, their own methods of, of trading. Right. That, that makes a lot of sense. Like you say, Elliott Wave, not necessarily um, so concerned with the timing. So obviously another element there. Now, we've obviously talked a little bit about markets in general, equities, there is a general consensus, like you say, that uh, we could be heading down. Now, are there any other sectors that you are interested in, more bullish on maybe in the long term? Well, as Garrett mentioned, we we look for those rotation opportunities, you know, in our, our weekly webinar where we're delving into mm -hmm. a particular sector or doing a review of all the sectors. Um, we just presented at the Money Show on sector rotation. And as Garrett mentioned, some of the more recent wave setups that we posted have actually been bullish because as he said, things, you know, it's usually an easier way to view charts and, and to trade. And, and a lot of mm -hmm. people may not have the ability to, to outright short some things. So we have been looking, you know, we, we like XLV, XLU, XLP, if they can hold some support here as, as more defensive plays to benefit from some of that rotation, maybe as, as the tech sector and, and other parts of the market start to weaken. And, you know, we've been watching this uh, consolidation in energy stocks since uh, over the last year um, when we were mm -hmm. looking for a, a nice ABC consolidation for a larger degree fourth wave. And that's getting very close to an end. And we've started to post some bullish charts on some energy names while we look for a few others to try and make that one more low. Right. Yeah. Regarding your question, uh, as far as long-term sectors that, that we're bullish on, given what we discussed earlier about the potential for that larger degree top in the broader market, most sectors are are probably going to follow to the downside if, if we do get that move in the S&P 500. But as Zach mentioned, energy stocks, kind of similar to what they were doing last year, could decouple from that and, uh, and head higher uh, when the rest of the market is dropping. So that would probably be the one area of the market that as far as longer term potential, I think uh, has the best odds mm -hmm. of being bullish. I didn't know if you know that that Garrett and I also run, in addition to Stockwaves, a service on LAWaveTrader.net called Metals, Miners, and Agriculture. And we're also seeing a lot of opportunities in precious metals, as well as some base mm -hmm. metals and, and the miners, as well as uh, some other commodities that look like they could benefit from, you know, declining stock prices, maybe, or just a shift in uh, capital flows. Okay. Well, I did not know that, Zach. So thanks for telling me. I will be sure to check that out. I, I did know that you were an Elliott Wave trader. Um, I will ask you guys to talk about that before we go off, just to let everyone know where you are. I do find myself agreeing uh, with you guys to that extent. I do think energy and commodities uh, could offer some upside here. 
Now, before we get into uh, other stuff, I recently had the pleasure of talking to Ryan Wilday, who is on also on Alien Wave Trader, right? He runs Crypto Waves. He does Alien Wave analysis on cryptocurrencies. So I know that what you might call quite controversial cryptocurrencies, kind of either you love them or you hate them. Uh, where do you guys stand on those? We love working with Ryan um, in his analysis. So this, just like Ryan has his crypto service on Elliott Wave Trader and also replicates that service on the Seeking Alphas Marketplace, um, or I think they changed the name recently to Investing Groups. Um, we do the same with Stockwaves. So we're, we first grew the service on Elliott Wave Trader and in the last year or so, or two years, I think started offering it a version of the service on the Seeking Alpha platform. Um, we try and, and shy away from from overlapping too much of the coverage in um, in stock waves uh, with with Ryan's cryptos. Um, we we have um, added in some coverage and talk about a couple of the mining crypto mining stocks um, like Marathon and uh, and Hut and and uh, Riot and a couple others. Um, we we really try and avoid posting too many charts on like GBTC and things like that that are are meant to be more of of just a version of trading the actual cryptocurrency because that's that's part of uh, Ryan's wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think in in a certain sense, there's potential that a similar degree top was struck in in Bitcoin itself. Um, and that's kind of the big bellwether for most of of the crypto world. And I think there's there's too many of the smaller coins. A lot of those need to die and condense, and and a lot of it was just created to have because there was a market for it, and people were were super bullish on anything crypto. So you know, you it was like a just you know all the IPOs or or you know other things that that just blossomed and 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 took off um, NFTs and all that. So a bigger consolidation, you know, that probably sends a lot of those to zero would probably be healthy for the overall blockchain and, and cryptocurrency world. And certainly for the, the two big guys like Bitcoin and, and Ethereum, which in a lot of ways are kind of the, the digital versions of, of gold and silver. Right. Anything to add, Garrett? Um, I mean, Zach covered it pretty well there. Uh, <laughs> as far as my personal opinion on Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, I share a similar view as Zach that it, it probably at the moment is not going to decouple too drastically from the broader market. Um, you know, we go risk off on the on the broader market, and you're probably going to see some downside on cryptocurrencies as well. So the same potential for this bounce um, off of earlier lows. Um, I think it was September on Bitcoin to be corrective to the upside and and set up another drop that that takes price back below that low. Right. That that makes a lot of sense too. Now, I did want to know fundamentally, though, because you did talk about uh, having, obviously, that service surrounding miners and maybe being a bit more bullish on maybe gold and some of the precious metals. Do you not subscribe then to the idea that Bitcoin kind of is like digital gold? In respect to being an inflation hedge, as Lynn Alden uh, has put it in her personal articles, she views it more as um, a hedge against real rates rather than inflation necessarily. Mm -hmm. So you have to take a look at um, those interest rates being adjusted for inflation. And in, in that case, yes, it can be a hedge against that similar to, to gold. Does it necessarily replace gold for a lot of investors? Uh, I'm not so sure that it does. And if I would say that any of those cryptocurrencies is going to potentially decouple from the broader market and you know, trade based on its own 
uh, price patterns and fundamentals. And Bitcoin probably has the best odds of doing so compared to a lot of the other smaller um, cryptocurrencies. But again, so far it hasn't proven itself to to really be you know any different during a risk on or risk off environment from mm-hmm. a lot of other equities. Right. Yeah, I love the way you put it. Like you said, as Lynn says, that's um, kind of hedge more against the the real rates. Now, just to wrap up, I wanted to know from a personal standpoint, and I'm sure some seeking out for uh, contributors with investing groups might be wondering, what is it like um, running an investing group with another person or with multiple people? Do you ever find yourself, uh, you guys disagreeing? Do you think perhaps that it enriches your content since you're always kind of bouncing ideas off each other, keeping each other in check? What's that like? For the most part, the majority of the time, I would say, you know, 90% of the the charts, at least that we're looking at, Zach and I are going to come to the same conclusion, even though we're not, you know, discussing beforehand and coming to that conclusion, you know, through that discussion, we will both look at a chart and come up with the same count because we're applying the same methodology as far as LA wave theory, but also overlapping that with Fibonacci pinball to, to come up with our targets and help support those individual counts. But during those situations where we might end up disagreeing, uh, as far as our expectation for an individual individual chart or company, I mean that just kind of um, you know is a good indication that that's probably not something that uh, is a good trade setup <laughs> because we do it differently. Um, I, and I, just to add to that, I think you know not only are we applying the same methodology, but because of the way that Garrett and I are forming our views on a lot of things from the bottom up by looking at so many of the different sectors and individual stocks, you know, it, it kind of gives us a, a breadth of, of a view of the market that we share that's different from people who might only be looking at the S&P um, or, or the Dow. And that those some of those times where we do come to something that's a little bit different, a lot of it might be, well, the way that I'm viewing it as as a primary view is the way that Garrett is is also considering it, but but maybe he's kind of leaning to that a little bit more as like the backup or alternate count. And in the same way, the way that he's viewing it is 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 also the way I see it. But I'm trying to lean a little bit more bullish or something for the time being. Um, and very rarely are we seeing things drastically different. But you know, it it is it, it's a great check you know when when that happens of saying hey you know garrett sees this really different like what's going on and so you know bouncing those ideas off of each other and and also you know if those the situations where we are seeing things drastically different maybe it's a good warning for people to kind of steer clear because you know it's it's not as certain to add to what zach was saying about what his primary count might be versus an alternative count that um, might be my primary or example um, uh, like that. Often when when there are two potential counts that we see as viable for a chart, there's uh, usually overlap um, within an, typically the near-term expectation for both counts. And then there's a specific you know juncture or point where they should you know make a decision between those two potential paths. So, a lot of the time, it's not really consequential for for trading purposes, even if we do have a slightly different view, um, because more often than not, it's the same expectation near term until we get to that specific point where price should either go, you know, one way or turn down from that support or turn up from that support uh, to determine between those two paths that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. All right, appreciate that, guys. Now, I'm picturing some of our listeners right now. You've made very good points. They might be wondering, wow, this Elliott Wave thing sounds great. Uh, how do I get started with that? So what would be the uh, the first steps for someone sitting at home wanting to get 
uh, started with Elliott Wave and this kind of analysis. And then just to add on to that, you know, what could people expect from uh, your services and where can they find you and, and all that stuff? I think that the textbook for Elliott Wave is the Elliott Wave Principle written by Frost and, and Prechter. It's a it's a pretty thin book, but it, it's difficult for some people to get through it on the first read. But two or three reads of a small, you know, and and it really starts to click and make sense. And you can skip over the whole section on on Fibonacci's background and read that at, at your leisure later. Um, it gives you some really good overview of the characters of the different waves, you know, and, and when you see those types of things and and how some of those different patterns present. Um, and we also have a lot of great educational materials at LAWaveTrader.net or in the getting started section of Stockwaves on, on Signe Alpha, um, some webinars and, and articles that were written and, and some other educational materials that can all be accessed for free. Um, and we we really try and present, you know, in addition to the wave setups and things like that, that we present as far as the actionable analysis that Garrett was talking about, we try and, and focus a lot on education. Um, we have videos three days a week in addition to our webinar that's on Thursdays. Um, because it's it's a lot, there's a lot of like nuance and sometimes it's difficult to type out about a chart. And if we can point to that while we're talking about it um, on a, a go-to meeting webinar, then it, it can it can make it a lot easier for people to understand what's going on. Yeah, and, and on top of that, at LAWaveTrader.net, um, we do have weekly what we call a beginner circle webinar. So our newer members are encouraged to participate and join those webinars and you know ask any questions they may have since joining the site regarding Elliott Wave Theory or technical analysis or any of the services that we offer um, and how to use the site, et cetera. So that's a good resource for, for newer members who might not be as comfortable or familiar with, with Elliott Wave Theory and with um, how we're presenting our technical analysis to, to answer any questions that they may have. All right, guys, appreciate that. Um, it's been a great pleasure talking to you guys. Uh, like I said before, I use Elliott Wave and I've been following your guys' work for for some time as well as Avi Gilbert. So um, it's been a real pleasure, a real treat for me getting the chance to uh, to talk to you guys. I uh, really appreciate you guys coming on the podcast and I hope we can do it again sometime. Thank you, James. Absolutely. Thank you for hosting this, James. All right. Thanks for coming on. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the Investing Expert Podcast. And if you're still hungry for more podcast content, go ahead and check out The Pragmatic Investor on YouTube and Spotify, where I host my own podcast every week, talking to investors from around the globe about their different investing styles and strategies. And of course, you can check out my own profile on Seeking Alpha, again, The Pragmatic Investor. And just to wrap up, remember, anything you hear on this podcast should not be considered investment advice. This is for entertainment purposes only, and you should seek advice from a licensed professional before investing. At times, myself or the guests might own positions in the securities mentioned. You can find transcripts for all our episodes on the Investing Experts author page on Seeking Alpha, and links to the investing groups can be found there or in our podcast show notes under episode descriptions. Thanks. Thanks.